It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Shall we begin? Cynthia Cooper name to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel welcoming you to this week's Dishin' and Swishin' podcast, and it's a pleasure to welcome to Dishin' and Swishin' uh, a woman who has been blazing trails her entire life and continues to do so, working with the Washington Wizards now, and plus she is one of our favorite co- women's college basketball announcers. It's great to have Kara Lawson join the podcast. Kara, how are you today? I'm doing great, David. It's basketball season, so this is uh, the most wonderful time of the year. I'm pumped. Well, you know, the schedule for the NBA is certainly a, a lot more taxing than that for the college season uh, for the for the women's game, but it's good to hear that it, you answered the question this week people have had about whether you would still be able to do games. Oh, women's college games, yeah. Um, I'm still going to be uh, the same presence that I've been uh, around the women's college game, uh, which is exciting. It was something that uh, was really important to me um, in accepting the position with the Wizards. Wanted to stay involved in women's games. And uh, fortunately, uh, both ESPN and NBC uh, were able to, um, to work it out, and I can't wait. So, yeah, as far as my – my presence in the sport, it's, it's not going to be any different than it's been uh, the last 14 years. So it's my 15th year with ESPN covering the women's tournament, and uh, I can't wait to do it again. Well, you know, I do have one way where you guys can Im- increase your presence in the women's game. You know, the four of you worked so well together on that broadcast. How about you all pull some money and buy a WNBA team now that there's one for sale? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know uh, – I don't know about the other three uh, members of my crew's uh, bank account. I can't vouch for that. Mine certainly is not large enough to uh, to pull that off. But um, yeah, I did. I did uh, read that uh, th- this morning going through my my daily uh, articles and and see that uh, the Liberty is up for sale. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens and and who becomes the the new ownership group. You know, I think that it, it could work out well if they can find somebody similar to what Magic Johnson did in L.A., showing that, you know, there was interest in caring about the team. I mean, you know, New York is such a hotbed for sports. I think that with the right owner, the team should still thrive. Yeah, great fans, great basketball fans in New York. Uh, great a great amount of talent that comes out of New York on the women's side. Um, and so, uh, yeah, for sure, uh, to have – a team in where the where the NBA and WNBA are headquartered, uh, I think is is a, is a real important uh, part or real important piece for the WNBA. Well, let's move on to some nicer nicer topics to cover some uh, some good things, and let's talk about the start of the women's college basketball season. And right off the bat, I thought this tournament in Ohio, the start of the season at Nationwide Arena. 
preview of the Final Four location was a phenomenal idea to begin with. And then, in particular, the last game between Louisville and Ohio State was certainly all that fans could want to see. It was, I, you know, how was it to call that game? Yeah, it was a great game. It was uh, just had everything you would want, I think, in sitting down to, you know, on a Sunday afternoon to, to watch basketball. It was up and down. There was a uh, high, high degree of shot making. Um, on both sides, obviously the game was competitive. It went into overtime, so, you know, one, two possession game down the stretch. I mean, it really had everything. And then you had two of the best guards in the country on either side. Uh, while they weren't really going head to head in terms of guarding one another, uh, they, they certainly were going head to head in terms of matching each other's shots, uh, particularly in the second half. And uh, I thought it was was a great showcase, a uh, great way for us as ESPN to kick off the season and uh, just just had a blast being uh, being there and, and seeing four of four of the teams that you know we'll hear from in March. Um, all, all four of those teams, um, I believe, have the ability to, to make the Final Four to be back in Columbus. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see how the season plays out, but I think all four uh, have that chance. Yeah, I, I like the way that you guys talked about Stanford and the ability for growth on that team. Because, you know, if anybody thinks that this Stanford team is going to play like they did this week in March, you know, they don't know Tara very well because this is a team that is going to look totally different by the time the end of the season rolls around. Yeah, you're right. I mean, experienced fans of the sport know how much time and effort that that Tara puts puts into her her program and also – how how wonderful a coach that she is, and how she's able to prepare her players and her team, and and they they always experience tremendous growth over the course of the season. This will be a a, a great learning experience for her group to go 0 and 2 to kick off the year, uh, because remember Stanford played played Ohio State there on Friday before that Sunday doubleheader, and uh, she has a lot of young players. She's changed her offense. There's a lot of good-looking pieces. I thought Carrington um, displayed some, some some nice play there in the second half uh, against Connecticut. And their young players are, are only going to get better and better. I had a chance to watch them practice a couple weeks ago out there in Palo Alto, and um, I, 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 you can see the seeds of, of, a, of a really good team. It's just going to be a matter of how quickly does that group mature. You know, the Pac-12 in its entirety is looking different this year. You know, the the Oregon Ducks are looking phenomenal. Uh, they are certainly off to a great start. And UCLA is extremely strong, too. So, you know, there is going to be no easy games in the Pac-12 again this year, although Washington will drop off, obviously, after losing as much as they did. Uh, you pointed out one of the, the great – Stories. One of the great players coming in this year during uh, the games this weekend, and that is at Oregon. And uh, in addition to Inesco, then you bring in Sabali, and it, this is an amazing, amazing possible combination along with Ruthie Bear. Yeah, uh, Oregon. Oregon's legit, and uh, yeah, I had a chance to see uh, Sabrina and Ruthie this summer. Uh, being a part of uh, USA Basketball, and those two 
uh, continue to grow and get better and better. It's hard to believe they were just freshmen last season uh, when they made that run to the Elite Eight. And then um, Satu Savoli, um, she's a, a, a German uh, freshman. That is – she's not their best player yet. I would still say Sabrina's their best player, but she'll be their best player pretty soon. I mean, she's – She's really, really good, and she gives them an element of athleticism um, and versatility on both ends of the floor, especially defensively. Uh, I think fans are going to really, really like uh, her game, and she's going to be uh, she's going to be a pro. Um, she's going to play play the game for a long time. So uh, Oregon and getting her, I think, really changes changes their dynamic, and you know makes them a team that could get to a Final Four this season. Um, if they continue to, to grow and improve. And I think it sets them up for the, the next two years uh, after this to be legitimate uh, championship contenders. You know, it's only two games, such a small sample size, but I kind of like 15.5 points in 17.5 minutes. You know, that, that's pretty efficient. And that's what she's and, done in those games. Right. And, and, and it's just a matter of her getting used to the physicality of the game, the rules of the game. Um, because they're different, right? International players come over here and they've played one way, uh, their national rules, their whole, their whole life. And so it, it, it is an adjustment. She, I'm telling you, she's, she's a star. She's going to get better and better and better and better. And uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, they came out today with the watch list for the Wooden Award. And this is the first of the, t- first of the awards that actually has four UConn players on it as Azare Stevens was added in addition to the big three of Williams, Samuelson, and Collier. Uh, Stevens is going to take a little while to get acclimated, I think, to what Gino wants her to do during games. But she is clearly one of the most talented players in the country. And, you know, this UConn is going to be, barring injury, of course, he's one of the toughest teams that I've ever seen in a college game. They were they were very impressive uh, on Sunday, and you know, much like we were talking about with Tara and what she's able to do at Stanford, uh, UConn is a team that consistently improves through the course of the season. The way that Azare uh, looked, uh, you can see that there's more that that she can give, and there's more of the game that she can impact, and I think that will come uh, with uh, her comfort level increasing uh, with with what they're doing and and with what Gino is, is, is asking her um, to do. So Dangerfield obviously looked terrific, and that is that is a position that was inconsistent for them a season ago. And now all of a sudden you have a point guard with all of these options and all of these weapons, and it's scary. It's scary to think uh, how good that, that UConn is going to be uh, by the NCAA tournament. It's, it's going to be um, a, a lot of fun watching them grow. That had to kill other coaches. You know you know about those four, and then Dangerfield starts nailing three-pointers right and left and leads the team in scoring in her first game starting. Yeah, I mean, from, from a scheme perspective, David, like what you try and do is you say, okay, where are the weak spots on the floor? You know, who, can we, who can we afford to leave or afford to give up something to? Um, and then that allows us to be stronger. In, in, in some other area or stronger in another matchup because we can devote, you know, more more people to that. And you, you don't have that option against UConn. And so what that forces you to do is play play them, you know, player for player. 
And that's not a good that's not a good recipe for success because they're they're all very talented and, and can exploit matchups. It's I don't really know you know if there's a, a defense that can that can solve this this year's version of the Connecticut Huskies because uh, they they really got all their bases covered at each position and then. You know, you add Azare into that mix with her size, with her shooting, and it's just uh, it's just tough. And, and we didn't have even mentioned Megan Walker, who, um, you know, as a freshman, you would you would think would continue to get better as the season goes along and and be um, you know a second viable bench option um, for Gina. Well, I think the Minnesota Lynx might have a shot at stopping them that's because they have sell, but that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I put my money on the links in that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, although I found it interesting that Stevens took number twenty three. I wonder if she asked Maya for it. You know, like Tiffany Hayes had to ask Diana. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but she um, is it, does Megan Walker have have number? What, what number I think Walker has three, doesn't she? Walker has three. Yeah. So. So the, they all fall by the wayside eventually. We all get old. <laughs> you know? So the, the next group behind Connecticut, you've got Texas, Baylor, South Carolina, Louisville, Notre Dame, Mississippi State, you know, that whole group. You know, rather than go through every team here and take forever, talk for a second, if you would, about what you like about some of these other teams and who you think could make a lot of noise this year amongst that group. Uh, Notre Dame, I'm intrigued to uh, to watch. I haven't I haven't seen them yet. Um, obviously, with with Jess Shepard being eligible, uh, that gives them a a, a really good score um, in the post. Um, Arike uh, is is somebody that's one of the best ISO players uh, in the entire country, and so they have. Uh, and also, you know, Lee Lee Thompson gives them experience as well. So they're an experienced team. Uh, but I, so I'm anxious to see them play. Uh, playing person, uh, Texas. I think uh, with with their backcourt, uh, with Brooke McCarty, with Ariel Atkins, um, with Shub Sutton, they, they've got a lot of talent. Obviously, not having Joyner Holmes here in the beginning of the season uh, will change them a little bit because she's such a force for them uh, with her with her athleticism and her rebounding ability. So they will only get stronger uh, when she returns. So their team, I like a lot and. Uh, you talked about Asia Wilson um, and not really having anybody to guard uh, her in the country, how it's difficult. Uh, that's exactly what Baylor has uh, with Kalani Brown. I mean, there's not really somebody that can that can just say, hey, you go take care of her. I mean, she's she's a load, and uh, she she gives them um, just a great deal of consistency and, and a presence in the paint. So I'm excited about this year. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I you know in this in this early stage of the season. For me, as an analyst, you're really just trying to get eyes on as many teams as you can, um, get, a, get a feel for what they look like, you know, what they're running, what the new players and new freshmen look like. Uh, it's not as much hardcore evaluation as it is just, hey, let's see how everybody looks. Uh, they're typically in women's college basketball tends to be terrific non-conference matchups where top teams are going against one another like we had this past weekend. So those are obviously must-sees. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's really after the first year when you get into conference play that teams really begin to, to um, you know, mold into what they're going to be uh, come tournament time. 
you know, it seems this year more teams have signed on for better opponents than in prior years. I mean, in particular, you know, Baylor has always been known for playing one of the weakest out-of-conference schedules, and they've got a couple of top matchups this year, too. And, you know, it just seems that you're right. It's going to be interesting to watch all these early matchups, but that will just be the precursor for regular conference play. Hey, last team I want to ask you about. Tell me about your Lady Vols. I think that uh, this is a team that people, after the last couple of years, may not be expecting as much as they should be, because I think this is a potentially very strong team. Well, th- their two centerpieces are really what what give Tennessee uh, the ability to to play to play well against anybody. Um, when you talk about Mercedes Russell and the experience she brings, and then also Jamie Nard, those two uh, had fantastic summers. Really, really composed and, and mature players, and difficult matchups uh, with with Mercedes' size and ability to score. She can also, you know, knock down the mid-range shot. Um, Jamie Nards continued to grow, really um, knocking down the three-point shot well, taking uh, with the ability to take people off the dribble. There's, they they just have a different presence about them. But the, the rest of the roster, for the most part, is really young, and so it it is hard to predict. You know, what is how quickly those young players will come around, even though they're very, very talented. Um, it, it's just hard to hard to predict, uh, you know, their their track. Uh, I look at them uh, sim- in a similar vein as we talked about with Stanford, having so many young players and what that, you know, what that means is to be a totally different team that, that you'll see uh, come the end of the year. So those are... Uh, I think they're going to challenge for the SEC title, uh, along with South Carolina, along with Mississippi State. Um, I think they'll be they'll be right there to uh, to vie with the best teams in that conference. And um, you know, by the end of the year, if their freshmen could progress, uh, they could they could definitely be a team. I could see them being a team that that's a Final Four contender. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about before I let you go is. How much fun was it this summer to be going around with the three on three three on three team? And being a, uh, I, w- I know, don't call you coach. How about mentor for those kids? Yeah, yeah well, no, I just didn't want them to call me coach. <laughs> um, I just think uh, that was that was just not not something. I don't even think I would have answered. You know, if they yelled, "Hey, you know, coach," I think I would have thought there there was a, an actual coach in the in in the gym instead of me. Um, you know, for me, it was just really fun to to be around four highly motivated uh, kids. That um, that want to grow, that want to improve, uh, that want to get better, and just uh, we're we're focused on winning a gold medal. And you see that you see the the intensity, and you see the desire, and you just want to do everything that you can to help put them in a position to be successful. And um, they 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 played really really well. Uh, three on three for uh, those listeners that that aren't that in tune with it is is very difficult because there's way less margin for error than five on five. So and and we've been fortunate with USA basketball uh, in five on five to dominate dominate on the women's side and it looks easy and it seems easy and the spreads for games are enormous. And so when you're part of USA Basketball, the expectation is to win a gold, and, and everyone thinks that, 
we kind of just outrun our competition. And that's true a lot. But in three-on-three, we actually, we being USA Basketball, haven't won this tournament since 2013. There's just less margin for error because the games are only 10 minutes long. So think about that. Even a team as great as UConn, if the game was only 10 minutes long, they would lose some games, right? Because you just have to be good for 10 minutes. You don't have to do it for 40. And so when there's a talent differential or an effort differential or a coaching differential or whatever it is that makes a team better than another team, that a lot of times can can come to can rise to the top in a 40-minute game because you have time for those things um, to, to rear their heads. Well, now in 3-on-3, you don't have that time. And if somebody just starts to go off shooting a three, like, you can lose very easily. Um, that does not make for low blood pressure uh, for me during the games uh, because, you know, of all the things that could go wrong. And um, it's very nerve-wracking, very, very nerve-wracking. And uh, it's just um, – I-, I was just thrilled uh, for the players uh, to be able to uh, to win and get that opportunity. Yeah, the depth is the biggest that I said. In addition to the time, that's the other thing. When you only have four players going, instead of you know going ten deep, where where if one person's off, you can bring somebody else in. You know, then uh, you're absolutely right. It's very difficult. I love the game. I've been watching it every year that it when the championships are on, and I think it's great a great fun to see. So. Yeah. No, it's um it, it's a fun game. It's a great. Uh, it teaches uh, the players how to play without um, without being over-managed and over-coached uh, because they have to make decisions for themselves. And so you, you teach them concepts and plays, and but then they have to make those decisions on, on the court. And so a lot of what we did was we talked, you know, we talked strategy, um, you know, at meals and at dinners and, and say, you know, what would you do here or what would – you know, if we were down two points and, you know, this was going on, just to get their, their minds thinking about those types of decisions, um, about what, how they would scheme and, and, and strategize, uh, because ultimately that's, that's what you want to do, right? You want someone to be able to function without you. And the only way to do that is to put them in positions where um, they have to do it on their own, and repetition can, can help any player achieve that. Uh, so I... I had four very intelligent players and so what I was able to challenge them with and the concepts I was able to um, to uh, help them learn uh, were really out really out distance my expectations going in um, and that was just based off of how quickly they were able to pick things up I wasn't sure I mean I would just throw stuff at them and they would pick it up and it was impressive well Kara I know you're trying to get off to was it five games in eight days for the Wizards? Yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome to uh, to uh, Tuesday in, in the NBA. <laughs> well, that's, it's, uh, it's games all the time. It's it's fun though. I mean that's that's uh, that's that's the players' most important, or I should say, most exciting uh, part to the game is is playing games. And uh, so we've got a, a busy week coming up. But uh, it should be uh, it should be a lot of fun. Well, that sounds it. Well, you know, congratulations on doing that job, and uh, we, we love seeing you on the women's game. So I'm glad to hear that you're going to be around uh, as often as ever. 
And uh, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. All right. Thanks so much, David. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.